You know, I, uh, I see people around town, and they, they look at me and they say, Ken, you know, the library, the supermarket, they say, Ken, what's up with the sweatiest basement? They say, why do you call it the sweatiest basement? And I say, let me tell you something about The Audible, which I host with my good friends Tim Strack and, and Kevin Ricca and Matt the Real Deal Seal. When we get in that basement, magic happens. There's a lot of this podcast is a weekly grind, which we enjoy on a weekly basis, and we've chosen to enjoy this Tuesday evening with someone who um, every Redskin fan who listens to this show, certainly everyone who goes to Hogshaven, knows very well. His name is Jim Lachey. Thank you so much for being on the show tonight, Jim. Yeah, great to join you, Ken. Everything is, uh, you know, very much excited and been on several times. So I'm glad to uh, be included in, in the, uh, the webcast or the podcast here. Well, and uh, just to, you know, bring you fully up to speed, Jim, this is season 83 of our favorite TV show that's ever been produced, the Washington Redskins t- uh, football. Um, it's great TV. Uh, I go to more games these days, um, but we we follow, you know, we follow this as much as a televised drama as anything in the, you know in our lives. Um, so and that's that's how you consume the game as well. So you're 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 living you're living kind of our our misery um, or our <laughs> jubilation. I, I should say lately. Um, but he, bef- bring, he brings plenty of jubilation. <laughs> he brings all <laughs> and, and, the jubilation we're a little bit right now. But yes, <laughs> you got to understand, Jim. All three of us are same age and. Uh, our first memories of Redskins go back to when we were like four years old, five years old, or even younger than that. I know, I know, I know. You guys were all in the eighties then when we're in championships and then we get to, you know, the early nineties and when you guys are almost high school age we won the last one and, you know, here we are now. You know, twenty five years later. Uh Still working. Still a whole generation, of, yeah, a whole generation of Redskins fans that haven't experienced that. They call it the Lost Generation, the L O S S, Lost Generation. <laughs> it's got a name, t- capital letters. Um, I, you know, I, I can believe that, man, because that was something that uh, I, you know, I mean, when I got traded from the Chargers and got to the Redskins, you know, I'm thinking, man, finally I got an opportunity to win a championship. Number one. Because the Redskins have done it and been there and a lot of confidence and the owner, Jack Kent Cook, and then obviously uh, in Joe Gibbs from what they've done in the past. But also the NFC East. I mean, it was either the NFC East winning it, you know, going back and forth with you know, the Giants there with, with their run and what they're going to do, the Redskins and you know, every once in a while, the 49ers would mix one in out there, uh, you know, a few times with Joe Montana. But that's that was kind of the formula. And, and uh, if you wanted to win it, you had to be able to play, you know, those type of conditions and deal with the NFC East. And, uh, you know, from the mid-'80s to the, you know, I retired in 96, that, that, that division was, uh, you know, where it was at. And, you know, for people who don't know, obviously uh... – um, Jim came into the Redskins in a trade, but it's it's noteworthy that the the head coach of the Raiders at the time was Mike Shanahan. Um, yeah. You know, just if we we're gonna you know, just tie <laughs> some tie some loose ends and some nice bows around everything, um, he comes back into our lives uh, in this story. Uh, you know, I was asking the guys Jim before I said who trades a twenty five year old six foot six left tackle in the National Football yeah. League. That's like absurd. You know, just like the, on the face of it, two hundred eighty pounds. It runs a four six as well. 
kidding me? <laughs> well, thank you. More like four seven one. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it, it was uh, it was a weird situation, you know. Because you know, here I was, I was, I got to the San Diego Chargers, and Don Coryell was our head coach. All right, and you know, man, this guy was a genius. I mean, this guy was what offense was all about. And then, you know, basically, you know, by the time he picked me up at the airport after draft day, and I was the 12th pick in the first round, he picked me up at the airport on the ride over for the press conference. He says, hey, tomorrow we get in the huddle. You're my starting left tackle. I'm like, wow, that didn't take long. <laughs> Although I never played tackle in college. I was a guard. Right. Yeah. All-American guard. And, and I thought, oh, man, he's got the wrong guy. You know, he, <laughs> he, he wanted a tackle. I've never played that position. Well, there's a story but, uh, that you know, could, there's a story in that you're yeah. in the East East West Shrine Bowl, right? The the Senior Bowl, and, yeah. and you practice guard all week, and then the the day of the game, they said you're going to play tackle. Hours, wow. hours, and I got there late. I got to that Shrine game late. I think that game that year was played maybe on the fifth of January, but I played in the Rose Bowl against USC like on the first. So maybe that was a Tuesday, <laughs> and that game was the following Saturday. Well, I got up there Wednesday morning. You know, and that was like, wow, welcome to the NFL. I was walking around in, uh, you know, my boxer shorts all day while they were try- picking me, prodding me, weighing me. And I'm like, wow, I was just playing in a game yesterday, and this was like uh, surreal. <laughs> and then, you know, I'm playing guard, and I'm like, okay, I can learn this. So I, I got there late. Everybody else had been there for almost two weeks. So, you know, I'm just thrown in, and boom. I'd already signed up to play, but because of, you know, the bull stuff, it was it kind of made it tough, so... I get thrown in, meet all the guys, they all are cool, and then literally the morning of the game, I'm in my uniform sitting there getting ready to go, and I go, hey, this guy's going to see you about tackle. I go, me? Who? What? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, and I'm like, okay. So took a couple pass sets in the locker room, and obviously when I got out on the <laughs> field, uh, took a few more, and uh like, okay, I'll... I'll try to do this, but uh, you know, at Ohio State we had two protections. We would we would turn left and turn right. It was, it was, you know, we were running the ball and with key fires, and you know, I could pull and trap and and uh, you know knock somebody up and land a scrimmage. But pass well, protection was something I was going to have to learn from uh, you know from ground zero. Wow. So we're we're going to kind of do fast forward and rewind, but. I, you, you mentioned a name, and it make, makes us ask a question that was submitted by um, our good friend and number one number one listener, listener-in-chief, we like to call him, Keegan. Um, he he uh, wants to know, who is the best running back that you ever blocked for? Mm. I tell you, I had a chance to play with Marcus Allen for about four weeks in preseason. Uh, he was awful talented, no question about it. He was good, if but you like that kind me, of thing. <laughs> but to me, I would say that the best back that I ever played with, uh, just because of what he brought to the table, was Ernest Biner. Uh, you know, I just thought Ernest was a heart and soul type guy. You know, he was the first really running back that ever sat and took time to watch film with the offensive line. And he wanted to see what we we're seeing. You know, what do you guys see here? You know, and he kind of was like another set of eyes back there. So, you know, we kind of took pride in that. And, you know, certainly when he got to our team and, you know, really took off. He had, you know, three or four fantastic years in running the football, this physical, smart, uh, cerebral-type guy. So I really liked Ernest a lot, but talent-wise, man, Marcus. And then, you know, Bo Jackson was still playing baseball at the time when he was supposed to be joining us uh, in early October. So I thought with the Raiders, you know, there was a special group of talent there, but... Uh, sure. You know, it was a short-lived, but yeah, those two for sure were the top of the list. 
You know, Jim, it's interesting you talk about Ernest Biner, how he would watch film with you guys. You're talking to two former quarterbacks, and, you know, we would do anything it took to get the trust and the support of the, of the linemen. I mean, how important was that? Because we, we hear stories, read stories, and watched how close you guys were as a unit when you guys played for the Redskins. Yeah, and again, it, it starts at the top, starts with your head coach, Gil Gibbs, you know, preached that. Uh, you know, I, I know that, uh, you know, the first quarterback I played for in the NFL with Don was was uh, Dan Fouts, and, you know, certainly he was with the linemen all the time, and he kind of had a deal right. that if, uh, yeah, he had a deal that if, if we eating it sacked, he would buy the meal the next week on Saturday, you know, the night before the game. Oh, yeah. At the Big Thing Hotel or wherever you go. He paid for everything, you know. It used to be fourteen, fifteen hundred bucks. That was back in the mid-80s. So it was, well, I, know, paid for a, I paid for a couple pizzas. I don't know about, about yeah. all that, but, yeah. I did whatever <laughs> I could. Yeah, so, but the thing is, if we gave up sacks, we were all splitting that fourteen, fifteen hundred dollar deal. Dan was ordering champagne. Hey, what do you need over there at that table? And he would send them shrimp cocktail, and we're like, "You son of a gun!" You know, we better protect him. So we're going to do it to him next. So it kind of became a game like that. But then, you know, obviously when I got to the Redskins and got a chance to play with Doug Williams, man, just a special person, and, and obviously the MVP of the Super Bowl, and I got there and got a chance to play with him. And then we had a young Mark Rippon. I'm like, man, this guy's extremely talented. And, you know, got a chance to play with him. And then we had Stan Humphreys in the wings. And, you know, that's what it's about. All those guys are very close with the offensive line. You know, that's the guy you're protecting. That's, you know, that's the package, so to speak, that you got to keep standing for 16 regular season games to have a chance for the playoffs. So we understood our role. Well, if you brought that uh, dinner sack situation from out west, uh, out east here, I don't know if uh, Mark Rippon's contract would have allowed for him to have no, paid for that many meals in that no. 91 season, buddy, because I've been sacked nine times in a game before. But, man, I, yeah, I want to hear what you have to say. about 12, 13 weeks. <laughs> I mean, we would have had him uh, bankrupt. But we had our own little deal then on Friday afternoons after our uh, Friday you know, practice. Usually a half day would get out there about 1, 1.30. We all went over to... Uh, an old place that was in Fairfax called Trace Amigos, and that was our routine that year. And uh, we'd go there and, you know, have a couple, you know, fajitas or whatever we wanted to have, maybe a couple uh, cold ones to wash it down, and, uh, you know, talk practice. And that year we started 11 and 0. You betcha we went there every Friday for, <laughs> for lunch. We, we didn't break that, though. We lost to the Cowboys that year. That switched up. We, went, we switched up the routine, but. I think we end up going back to the following weekend, anyhow, just out of out of the routine. But now that's that's what it's about, you know, having that type of uh, you know that, that superstition, so to speak, and that unity and the camaraderie amongst the people that you're all bought in, you're all invested, and in, you know, you, when it's time to have fun, you work, you work hard. When it's time to have fun, you, you get to blow off some steam. Well, I hope that lost generation is listening because when you bring up that stat to some of these young men, yeah. maybe it starts to make them understand the experiences that, you know, earlier you said we. Well, the three of us certainly appreciate that, but that's what we were used yeah. to. That's what that's the football that we were taught. Oh, yeah. It's what we watched. It's what we saw. It's what we lived. And, uh, man, what a special time that was. It, it, no, it was. It, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, can you equate that now to what's happening with the Redskins and Kurt? cousins and you see that they're on a winning ways now but at the same time you can see now that Kurt is stepping up as the captain and getting the respect from the players playing around him. 
No, and I think that's a great example. I mean, I watched Kurt play at college at Michigan State. You know, being a color analyst for Ohio State, I saw his whole oh, career yeah. and knew what kind of leader he was, was excited, you know, when he got a chance to, to go to the Redskins, although I didn't really understand it after picking RG3. You know, although it all worked out, funny how it all worked out. Uh, but then I just knew Kurt, and I knew what kind of person he was. And, you know, I saw him give a speech at the Big Ten, you know, kick off lunch in that year. Yeah. I'm like, man, this guy, you know, this guy would be, if he had a daughter, you know, this was the kind of guy you want hanging around. He's just a good person and seemed to be a good guy. And then I just knew his work ethic, talking to Mark D'Antonio over the years. He's a, you know, he's a former, I say, GA when I played here at Ohio State. And, you know, obviously coached here at Ohio State and had a relationship with him. So I wow. got some background information on Cousins and knew that, you know, this guy's a winner. And, uh, you know, it gave him a chance. And uh, certainly he's got that opportunity now. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, spread. There's still some inconsistencies. That interception was a tough one last week. But, oh, yes. Yeah, you know, that's football. They're going to happen that, that's, for all of us. That, that's football. That's football. Uh, but, you know, that this you always got to remember that football, you, you might be holding it, but you you got 10 other guys that own part of that football, too, while you're doing it. <laughs> so that's always a big responsibility uh, to be the quarterback and be the guy that carries the ball because we all know that there's 11 guys that are. Uh, crazy on the other side of the ball, they want to rip it out of your hands or knock it away or take it away. So it's it's you know it's 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 what it's about. But having that you know guy like Kirk Cousins, I think is, is a start. Good to have Trent Williams back in the fold. Uh, you know I think he's a difference maker when he's out there playing. Uh, but you know the backup uh, Ty did a nice job doing. Did I, great. I was there for the, yeah, I, I was there for the Vikings game and watched that during the, you know, the homecoming weekend and. Watched in the following week because I think maybe out of the four games he struggled, maybe won a little bit, but overall pretty good. But their offensive line's playing well, and you know, obviously having you know Robert Kelly back there pounding the ball, you know, I could I'd like to see him get a twenty-five carry game one time. Love it, turn him oh, loose yeah. a little bit. Love it. Uh, he he's done such yeah. a great job. I mean, he's not he's not incredible dynamic. He's just getting the job done. Jim, no, I agree. Right, you know, he pounds it. He's he's fresh. That's what you want. You want those fresh legs. And, uh, you know, he's got them right now. And, you know, it's the end of the year. Defenses, everybody's hanging on a little bit, banged up, beat up. And if you got a back like that can pound, especially in, you know, December here when the weather's always not great, that's a, that's a big plus. You know, you win these next three games, you got a shot. I got – I picked uh, one more for you from Hogshaven, um, Ch- Chambers, who a guy who always listens to our show and has pretty, some pretty good uh, questions. First of all, he uh, wanted to make it clear up front that his mom had a huge crush on you uh, when he was a kid. <laughs> so he said, "Make sure you, you know my you know my mom had a crush on Jim Lachey." And, but, and then he then he recounted the play where, yeah, he said, "That's a good looking boy." He said his mom used to say, "Out of the that's hogs, a he probably boy. is the most handsome." He's a I'm handsome sure man. Jeff Bostic or one of those guys probably would beg to differ. All you ladies, uh, Jim Lachey is a handsome man. He had a nice quaff back in the day, Jim. On that. I'm not gonna lie. Six six two ninety five. Whatever's he looking about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, he see, for him. His play for you was uh, when ripping through the interception in the in the Raiders game, and you laid that guy out. Now, talk to us about that play, and then if you if there's another, I would love to hear any other play in your career that stands out. You know, just above all of them for whatever reason. Uh, yeah, that was uh, just a you know I was 89, man. That was a long time ago. But what I remember is that I played with the Raiders a year before in '88 and got traded. So going out there. 
I knew that I was gonna. I knew all those guys. You know, I went through training yeah. camp with them the previous year. Uh, Jerry Robinson, I used to do football camps, and you know, from from Santa Clara to San Jose to Riverside, California. Uh, these are the we had these back in the day, man. We had full contact camps for high school kids. Can you believe that? Wow. <laughs> And we would work these guys out, and it was fun. I mean, Jerry was into it. I was into it. We had a good time. And, you know, a lot of times we would, before, when I was with the Chargers and he was with the Raiders, we would you know, end up, you know, going out or having dinner and just we respected each other. So I knew Jerry, and then when I got traded to the Raiders, we became friends. And and uh, so, you know, when he intercepted that ball, I'm seeing my buddy. You know, I'm like, that son of a gun. I'm going to get him. You know how it is? Be like, you know, if Ken did something, and you guys know him, but you just want to get him because he, you know, he's done that too many times. Dude. Oh, you know I'm what I mean? Talk to him. <laughs> they would exactly. kill for that so, opportunity. So when he threw it, I'm like, son of a gun, that's Jerry. So I just took off, you know, and, and I was on a beeline. And, and right before I hit him, uh, Ernest Finer kind of presented his number, so to speak. He kind of pulled him from the back and, you know, took his shoulders from right. behind and kind of pulled him back, and I just wailed him. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Made him fumble. Like, when you hit a home run playing baseball, you don't even feel the ball. Like, it's like, it's like, I didn't even feel anything, you know? And the ball came out. But the funny thing is, when you talk about it, prior to that, I, I crushed my thumb like on the third play of the game. So I had like two series I was playing. One, I had it, my thumb taped up like it was sticking out like a sore thumb. And that thing, I'm like, holy cow, have you ever tried to play with a broken thumb on the offensive line? my right hand. I was like, oh, I was like almost seeing Jesus after a few of those plays. Oh, sure. Didn't miss a play. They'll run off to the sideline. I said, hey, that taped up and work up. We got to do something else. And also they wrapped it like a club. I'm like, yeah, I like this club action, you know. <laughs> and uh, so I finished the game with that. But then, you know, after I hit Jerry and, you know, like I said, it was a good hit. And, and uh, you know, I was, you know, like I was, you know, he, the ball came out. I recovered it. I blew it dead. You know, and I picked it up and I said, "Hey, Jerry, I put it on his chest." So I said, yes, "Jerry, you, did. you forgot something." <laughs> you forgot something. That's why I said, "Jerry, you forgot something." Because I was, you know, I just wanted to get Jerry back. <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden, the ball rolled off. I'm like, oh shit, Jerry's got a wing. With friends like Jim, you know, I'm going back there. And, and uh, Jay Bernetti was our equipment guy. He came out to the huddle and gave me water, and literally that snot hanging out my nose and everything. It was a snot knocker, you know, one of those slobber knockers. And he's wiping my mask off and everything and cleaning my face up. And I'm like, and all of a sudden, Howie Long comes over, and I'm like, hey, Howie, you okay? And, uh, you know, again, teammates from a year before, and he was Jim, don't worry, that was the cleanest suit I've ever seen. And that, that kind of made me feel good, like, okay, you didn't, you know, it wasn't dirty or anything, but, you know, Howie's got my back. And uh, he's a Redskins fan, by the way. That's the thing, but it was it was you know it's a physical game, and literally in the third or fourth quarter, it ripped through another pick, and I'm thinking I'm Superman now. And I'm running out there, and I land on my armpit and messed up my rotator cuff like the third time. So I had to. That's what it was. But I had I, I crushed a thumb and tore a rotator cuff, but I got Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen. So, I want let me get some. We wanted to uh, we wanted to let you out on one more little mini story because um, I, right. I I Jim I have met you before and uh, it was Russ Grimm's Hall of Fame induction 
Um, we All right. Were, that, we were uh, there for our second time. Um, on That was like our first time we had really, you know, actual press credentials for ourselves, not just we weren't using other people's right. press credentials. And, um, and we, you know, a great story. We ended up getting a ride in a golf cart from the ceremony to – um, Russ's party with Joe Gibbs, which is insane. If you can just imagine, you know, us being able to ride with, no with Joe Gibbs. No and, oh yeah, got to. We talk. I mean, it was like a ten minute ride. That campus is a high, it's a high school campus. It's like Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero. We were literally driving for ten minutes. I'm like, where are we? And we were still on campus. I know. Um, yeah, Kent McKinley, Kent McKinley yeah. High School, right there. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. No, it's all right there. Tom Benson Stadium was going to be fantastic with that. So then that used to be Fawcett Stadium. But yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so so um, so we get in. We're in, you know we're hanging out. And that that I uh, I always tell people I'm like this is you have to understand the nature of this particular uh, party with uh, you know Russ and, and the Hogs and all these guys. Like <laughs> I was wearing shorts and you know a t-shirt or you know beyond casual. And I walked out to use the portage on, and right next to us was a black tie affair. I look in the door and like 35, 50 feet away is John Legend playing. You know, piano for Jerry Rice and, his, and you know his party. Um, it was you know I go back in. That's who that was. Yeah, John Legend was there. John Legend was playing. <laughs> a, yeah, we, we were and, and you guys were you guys were drinking four four beers at a time. Um, Bud Light. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just a mountain of Bud Light. So I so the so the story goes. I just end up I'm like a fly on the wall. Uh, you know, Bostics telling won't stop telling stories. And I end up with you and, uh, yeah, with you and um, Jacoby right next to Russ's um, bus, which they, they put out so you can, you know, take pictures with it before they put it behind glass. And so I have a picture of me, you, and <laughs> Jacoby. And I'm always like, trust me, Jim Lachey can't pick me out of a lineup. But, yeah, I was hanging out with him with Russ Grimm's, you know, bus. You know? And, and so, so, you know, I was just, just soaking it in, as you can, can imagine a Redskins fan would. Um, and for like an hour, they were trying to clear the place so that Russ could hang out with just, you know, some, some like you guys and, and his family. And no one was leaving. Like everyone was just hammered, wasted, drunk. Yeah. And they had to wheelbarrow people out of that place. And so you and I were over by Russ's bus and they're like, hey, everyone, you know, seriously, this time for real. And uh, you put me in a headlock, and you're like, hey, man, I think I'm going to have to throw you out of here. And then, you're, you know, you're like <laughs> laughing at me, and I look up at you, and I'm like, that would be the greatest thing ever. Would you, could you, and you're like, get out of here. So, so uh, I, know I, always tell, I always tell people, I'm like, God, I was this far away from having Jim Lachey literally toss me out of, of Russ Grimm's party. <laughs> We're lying on a high school football field with yes. a football on your chest. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, one or the other. Oh. Uh, I tell you what, we got to reenact that with uh, Joe Jovi this July. You know, get Big oh. Jake in there, and we'll, we'll do that again. But no, that, was, that was a great that night awesome. for a great person. And, you know, Russ, I mean, it, when I got uh, traded to the Redskins, you know, I, they put me right next, my locker right next to Russ's. And, um, you know, I, I had a lot of respect for Russ, man. He's an all-pro guard, and I'm looking forward to, you know, playing next to him. But at that time, and I think it was, eight, you know, 88, his foot, he had a foot problem. So he was a little bit iffy and, you know, coming off of IR or something like that. And he was a little bit banged up. And, uh, you know, Mayday, Mark May's locker was right across the uh, hall or, the aisle from where Russ and I was. And after about like two weeks, you know, I'm sitting there and I noticed that Russ and Mayday never talked. You know, I'm like, hey, why don't you guys ever talk? You went to college together. They go, ah, that's what I've got. That's what I've got. You know, I mean, it was just funny having that, you know, the, 
you have his feet around Russ, and then you know, knowing that Mark May was you know college teammates, and just seeing how those guys were just like still competing in each other like they were grade school kids, it was it was a great <laughs> atmosphere to be around. And Jake's locker on the other side, and you know, like Bostic, you're right, same stories. Uh, he's gonna get some new ones, doesn't he? <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's going. He's going to because because um because uh, Jacoby's got to get in. He's got to get in. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You know, he was a great player. And I tell you, a few times when Jake, you know, you know when I came in and, and uh, you know, at, you know, I was a left tackle and was thought I was a pretty good one, an all pro out there in the AFC. And I get traded to the Redskins and they start me at right tackle for the first couple of games. And then, you know, finally, uh, you know, well, not finally, they just decided that, uh, you know, they were going to put Jake at right, put me at left after about three or four games. And, uh, you know, that's how it kind of ended up the last, uh, nine years of my career there, but man, Jake was just a beast. And, you know, there's at times he came over when Eddie Simmons was playing right tackle, he came over and played some left guard. And I'm like, man, this guy is the biggest dude I've ever been around in my life. And it just felt like the field was tilted a little bit to the left when he was on my <laughs> side and I was over there. Cause, you know, I usually was the biggest guy in the line, man, at six, 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 six and a half, but, Big Jake comes over there, you know, it's six, seven and a half, about three twenty-five. You're just like, wow. We're lining against against the Bears with you know a den out there in the fridge. I'm like, yeah, this is a match. This is this is going to be a fun afternoon. So, but <laughs> did no, you buy a big I, screen I, TV Jake, from him? What's that? Did you buy a big screen TV from from him? <laughs> big Jake, yeah, his old commercial. <laughs> I, I, yeah, he, he got rid of our vision or whatever. Uh, or? Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was an interesting time to get traded there at that time again. Because when I got traded, it just come off winning a Super Bowl, and all these guys were talking about all this. And you know, shoot, I, I mean, my career yet, I haven't even made the playoffs. So I was just like, man, don't even, you know, you're tempting me with all this stuff, though. But again, it was just great to be around that group of guys and the original Hogs, and then. You know, Raleigh and I came in the Piglets and uh, Eddie Simmons and Schlereth and helped finish them off at the end. Hey, hey, listen, once we get Joe in, uh, there, there's a huge case that you ought to be in there too, Jim. There's no doubt about it. We've been well, talking about you. it all night. I mean, that's a, that's for a future show, a future, future episode. But uh, you were incredible. Uh, we, we appreciate you coming on here. Uh, telling these stories. Hope to have you on again here sometime in the future. Yeah, man. Damn right. Hey, we're drinking Bud Lights at, at your induction ceremony yes. in, a, in a tent <laughs> next year. And you bust. will physically throw Ken out. We'll make sure that that happens. I don't happens. know. I'm going to work out. I might, well, yeah, we'll I'm going to be able to take him. We'll do it. <laughs> hey, thank but you no, so much, man. Great, great to be with you guys. And uh, I'm just going to uh, enjoy the rest of this evening. And, uh, you know, again, see if the uh, Redskins can take care of the Panthers on Monday night. That should be good TV. And, for me, back in Ohio, that, that's all I'll be watching. I know you guys will enjoy it some other way, but uh, you know, I'm looking forward to these next three weeks. Thank you, Jimmy. Yeah. But before we let you go, I, ha- I have to say, good luck to the Buckeyes. Uh, you're, yeah. the, you're the voice of the Buckeyes on the radio. That's how I know you. The last couple of years, yeah. we've run into each other because I'm the I'm the color for Maryland, and um, you know, represent the Big Ten. Have fun, man. That's going to be a blast. Well, we both, uh, this is both, I believe, our 20th year. Yes. So we came in at the same time. And, uh, it, yeah, it's, it's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Obviously, that, I think it's the greatest job if you're a fan of a certain university, which, you know, obviously I'm an Ohio State fan, and then you're a Maryland <laughs> fan. It's the greatest job you can have, you know, being the color analyst. It really on the is. Radio network. 
haven't missed one for 20 years and don't plan on missing one for the next few. But, yeah, it'll be exciting. Clemson, uh, last time we played them in the Orange Bowl in 2013, they handed it to us. So, uh, you know, 45 to 35. Uh, oh. Sammy Watkins had about 12 catches, but we had this guy named Bradley Roby that had a shoulder injury and couldn't play that game, ended up being a first-round pick with the Broncos and started ever since and won a Super Bowl. But we could have used him that night. See how you remember things like that when you're playing oh, yeah, that's right. up to play? <laughs> uh, but, no, it was it was a lot of fun. They had, uh, you know, obviously, Taj Boyd was quarterback at that time. He's a Virginia boy. And uh, they, it was Damo Sweeney's done a fantastic job with them. So, yeah, it'll be a handful for Ohio State, you know, as a team that has 16 first-year starters. So, wow. it'll be another big challenge and another opportunity for these guys. And J.T. Barrett, the last time he didn't get a chance to participate because he got hurt. Uh, yeah, against, that's right. Uh, you know, Michigan in that final regular season, and Cardell Jones, America found out about him. But I think JT wants America to find out about him. So it'll be up to him if he can throw the football down the field and complete some passes along with our running game. Uh, I think with our defense, we'll, we should have a chance to be in any one of those games. So thanks a lot. I appreciate that. It should be a good New Year's Eve yeah. out in the desert and uh, out in the desert out there at Phoenix again. This will be my eighth Fiesta Bowl. Wow, so awesome. <laughs> Well, awesome. I think, I think yeah. the, lost Jason, the Lost Generation found out a lot about you tonight. I want to thank you very much for your time, Jim. It was a big hit for the right. Audible getting the premier offensive hey, no lineman problem, in the guys. universe from the late 80s and the early 90s. Thank you. I appreciate it, guys. Take care. Thanks, Jim. All right. Man. I mean, that was Jim Lachey, dude. Jim Lachey. <laughs> I mean... Your shirt. We First, we didn't pull any anything when he wool over anyone's eyes, right? No, that was definitely, uh, that was definitely him. All right, all right. That was definitely him. No, the, seriously, and, and I bring up that Maryland thing too because, yeah, I I met him two years ago at Maryland, and I was like, I can't believe I'm talking to Jim Lachey. I mean, I've been doing this for 21 years actually, and. <laughs> That's the first time I was like, "This is." You've cool. been doing the audible for twenty one. No, no, no the 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 Maryland the Maryland football. So then the next year we go to the horseshoe, and it's it's pregame. You know, we're the, the the engineers are still getting set things set up, and the the press box is a buzz with people all running around and getting food, a buzz, grabbing grabbing all the stats and all this stuff. And I'm kind of like hanging out like halfway in our booth, halfway out, looking in the hallway, just kind of taking it in, looking to my right, and all of a sudden I hear somebody say, "Hey, Tim." And I turn, and it's Jim Lachey. And I'm like, dude, he just called my name. Like, that's fucking cool. Like, yeah. that, I, that's, oh, yeah. that's unbelievable that a, a, a guy I looked up to as a kid knows who I am. But we're still, we're, we're colleagues, and he's, he's a great guy. Uh, you know, and after the research I did. He's my favorite of your colleagues. Just yeah, exactly. He's yeah, all, yeah. But, but that's great. But he's definitely my favorite. T- t- after the research, he, he he's not only is a great football player. He just he he's a great person. You know, he he just seems like he, he seems like a great husband, a great dad. Uh, you know, everything that I, well, I saw unless or you read. unless you play linebacker for a team, correct? Unless you're a good buddy of his, yeah. correct? And you happen to play for the other team, and you have it intercepted, then all of a sudden he wants to kill you for some reason, and he also shit talks by dropping a ball in your face with right. <laughs> like, hey, you forgot this, Jerry. Yeah. He definitely did that. Yo, that, that, that's that, awesome. I almost brought it up, and it was just even better that he brought it up oh, himself. Yeah. That was oh, awesome. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, let's just real quick uh, do a, uh, just a wraparound. Hmm, let's call it a wraparound on the... Uh, I'm listening. Yes, go on. <laughs> uh, on the upcoming Monday night game. I, I'm done with the Philadelphia game. It's only Tuesday, and I'm already done with the Philadelphia game. We won. It was, it was terrible. 
and we have a really awesome uh, we have a really awesome game coming up that I think if our season's going to hinge our our season already hinged on the game that I that I said it hinged on, which was the Baltimore game earlier this year. I think that's when we found out who we were. I think that's carried all the way through. I think this this game on our schedule before the season looked like it was going to be one of our hardest games ever. The the the, the schedule is falling. The, the schedule, schedule is falling. falling. Record wise, it looks pretty not hard, um, except for the fact that if anyone thinks Carolina can't beat us, they are on drugs. So let's just talk about that because the Carolina Panthers are awesome when they want to be awesome. They they can be awesome against us, uh, mm-hmm. and it's Monday night, so it's prime time. It's uh. I, you have to say the season's on the line because both the uh, Giants and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won. So once again, you know, the, so the season is very much still on the line this week for us. And uh, historically, prior to this year, not a good spot for the Washington Redskins. I, 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 I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah, I'd like it if Keekley doesn't play. I'd be a little <laughs> less cautious in my, you know, more... In my optimism, he, you know, he's their guy. But you know what? We're better than them, man. We're playing at home in prime time. I think we got that monkey off our back against the, against the Packers. Yeah, we did. Uh, I, I think I think it's less about who we're playing against, like individually, whether it's Keekley or Cam or whatever. We are our, probably our biggest enemy at the moment. It's not anybody else on another team. It's it's. Well, I'll say I'll agree with you about. Can we Cam. not beat ourselves? Keekley's a little different in well, our in, I, in the run I game. I understand. Yeah, he's a little different. But I'm just saying. You know, especially with our defense, can we not beat ourselves or try to give a game away? I mean, obviously they haven't done it, but it, it, it's well, we, so scary when they when they're on the field. Yeah, well, there's there's not a lot of werewolves out there, buddy. No. Uh, if I told you who was on the field last week in the final play, you, you guys would say maybe we should stop yelling at this guy all the damn time. I mean, I well, know what you're saying. Hey, but yeah. look. Oh, my point about getting rid of Joe Barry has never been about what, what's happening right this second. My, my point is I think we're about to get really good and talented and young on defense, and he's not the guy I want to give that team to. But, but whatever. He, he, again, he's got a bag of rocks. No offense to anybody. He but doesn't have talent. He doesn't have the talent to be He's good. got plays. Any offense can attack us. He hasn't even proven, though, before this, and, and unfortunately – I think he's going to be probably the sacrificial lamb, no matter how good or yeah. how bad they do this year, unless they win it all for uh, some reason. Continuity he's, is key, boys. I, he's going to be starting. I, I'm sorry. I, I think the reality so you is think he's that starts over. Gone. I don't think he's, yes. we're starting over. Yes. Oh, oh, so unless we level. hire from within, which we're not going to. Which we're not, not at the NFL to. level. If I have to listen to Todd Bowles' name connected to the Burgundy and Gold again, he's still coaching for the Jets, as far as I know. You know, that's a different thing. That's not something that we have done well. In the past, we have not transitioned well by just saying, "Ah, get rid of him, fire him." Hey, we're, good we're very coaches, quick on the, on the itchy on the trigger finger around here. Well, good coaches, um, good coordinators, I should say, uh, do terrible with with bad players. You know that that happens on a regular basis. I mean, I, okay, I I'm I don't just, think we have bad players. I don't think we have enough good players. That's fine. I that, I, I I I hate calling my guys, you know, the Chris Bakers and the Josh Normans and the, you know, some of oh, these, of course. these, these Ryan, you know, Ryan Kerrigan's, even Trent Murphy for that matter, yeah. exactly. Uh, you know, there's no, they're not bad players. No, no, no. But, but, but any offensive coordinator who has been around the block one time or more can find a hole in our defense to attack. 
Um, up, the, really, up the middle. And there's multiple places. I my where, where some of my hope lies is that I don't think our necessarily the where our defense is weak or weakest. I don't think Cam Newton can beat us there. I don't. I, I, I and I'm not trying to dare anybody in the NFL can beat anybody he on any given day. Everything. Yeah, I mean oh, it's it, that's not it. I mean. He's gonna he's gonna get inside himself. The Redskins and, and have the momentum going into this weekend. The, the, they, they have to seize it. They have to they have to capitalize on it. I still stand by. They have to win every single game if they legitimately want a chance. Not mathematically, but legitimately want a chance sure. to get in the playoffs. So you know, seize it. Ride the momentum. It doesn't have to be pretty. No, when it's at, not going to be home pretty. Favorite on prime time with a defense with like we are. Record. It's not going to be pretty ever. I remember we were texting each other, everybody at this table, even including the real deal, Matt Seal and Keegan Tier, at different points of that game, and and it was it was dreary up until the very end, you know. And I think that's what every game's going to be yeah. like. You guys are trying to ruin my Nashville vacation, by the way. I was being the most optimistic. By that's the, not by every way. game. Every game's not going to be like that. That was not. Well, I a, think every game is. No, it's a division no. road game. Yeah, it in was Philadelphia. ugly. And, All of it was going to be ugly. All of it's always been ugly. Every time we go there, it's ugly. Everything about it's ugly. Yeah, we've had some prettier games. We'll have prettier games. I mean, God forbid. And we... So will teams we play. Yeah, but okay. So here's my counterpoint to Kevin's uh, argument and kind of maybe folding this whole folding that part of it in. And that's I think that where the Redskins are now is is we are. We, I think there is in fact a Redskins way that emanates from McLovin. And I think if we change defensive coordinators, I don't think McLovin goes out and gets a guy who's going to bring in a system that's so far away from what we're doing right now that it, that it, that it registers as something different. I think he's going to say, "Listen, Joe, I like I like the, your your ideas. Maybe we didn't have the horses to get it done the way you wanted to get it done. I'm going to go get those horses." And but, but he's going to bring in somebody who's going to probably coach defense in a similar way. A, but better, and, and, and maybe someone who just has a little bit more pedigree that you want to turn keys over to. How about a possible relationship with Gruden? Because exactly. That's, that's, who is that guy? Well, I, I, no, you know, I don't know. But I, I, it's I also don't, I don't think it's impossible to bring somebody in and, and make them better in, in year one. Uh, I, again, I don't know if Joe Barry is necessarily the issue so much as he has – in many spots, a lack of talent that he's dealing with that any coordinator may have a problem with. He hasn't had the greatest history even before becoming the Redskins D.C., which is why I think inevitably, no matter what happens, he's likely in reality gone. And, I, but I, I don't, don't think, think so. that that spells doom. I, I ten, think somebody ten, can five come and in and one. Do it. I don't think he's. I, I, I don't think he's. I don't think he's gone for sure. I don't think he's a sure goner. I don't. In favor it. I'm just saying. I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. I don't think it's better than I think it's 50-50 at best I, I, I'm with Kevin on this if we get 10 wins um, with the guys that we have and we're, we're I'm now now we're talking we about two years back. we're oh, pretty we're pretty man. close to that Kevin we are pretty close to that because when you look at the ways in which we lost games I, I pointed out in the six pack this week the ways in which we've won a couple games with our defense which are were plays that Quite frankly, we have not seen a lot of in recent recent years. Where Sewer Cravens intercepts the ball against Eli Manning in a game where, if you were in Las Vegas, you were you were racing for the deed to your house to bet that the Giants were going to score to win. Um, and the strip sack yeah. of, of of the Philadelphia Eagles. Listen, Carson Wentz is a rookie. He could have made that play. You know, he, I'm not as confident in him as I am in Eli Manning. Um, but 
Kerrigan made that play. Our defense made that play. I mean, it wasn't a sack that gave him, you know, another down. I mean, it was a strip sack fumble that we recovered game over. Um, that's th- th- Those are defensive game-winning plays. Yeah, a defensive walk-off, man. Yeah. Can, am I live? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, you're live. My only issue with Joe Barry is Keeks. situational calls, third-down calls, uh, when to blitz, when not to blitz, and then when we have the lead with two minutes left, Prevent, 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 and not put any pressure on the QB. Those are my two biggest issues with him. Well, the whole league, this whole NFL, there's not a defensive coordinator you're going to find out there that's not going to run some type of prevent in that scenario. That's right. It's it's kind of the proven formula now that fans despise. I Hell, I hate it. I hate it too. But that seems to be the proven formula to bend but don't break, get that time off the clock. Keep the ball in front of you. As soon as you bring pressure, Keegs, you got to go man up. Because you some could these, get burned. Some of these guys, you know, not Carson Wentz yet, but, yeah. you know, some no, of these no. guys, you don't want to go. You don't it's the NFL. Play. I don't care who you I, are. I know, but you know what I mean. Stafford. You could get Stafford, burned. One-on-one right. on one with anyone with Stafford holding that ball. Or Rodgers and you You're know, right. Breeze. And, and that's, a, that's, a, that's a nightmare. And that could be where it's a talent deficit, not a D.C. deficit, because you don't have yeah. the horses to play straight fourth up. and fifth safeties. And do that. You're right. Yeah, and, and that might be. I'm just saying the reality is, and I'm not again. I'm not pulling for it. I just think he he's possibly very much more possibly it's gone. Certainly possible, yes. No matter what Without happens, a doubt, but but I hope it's not. I like it, the continuity. It, it, of this whole thing. I cringe every time the defense comes on the field. I cringe. It's like oh, and at the end of last week's game, it was like God, no, 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 no. And then I think it was Seal called for the strip sack. Yeah, he did. Yeah, but he, was sweaty. He, but he was sweaty balls. He actually wasn't watching the game. He was just sending texts. Yeah, that, <laughs> he just had, it was like it was like the dark side of the moon timing up with uh, <laughs> no, no, just kidding. Good, good, hey, good no, call. Down in Nashville, when I read that and then saw that, that was the uh, that was the prophecy of Matthew. It was. It was. Sweaty was all over that one. He was. But if we lost that game, would people be calling for Joe Barry to be fired? Of Two games was the nature of the beast. Yeah. 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 Again, I I. My thought about Joe Barry is not related to today. My thought about Joe Barry is related in the long term. I, I think that McLovin, does, you know, okay, in an ideal scenario, your head coach makes all of these decisions. Or, or I should say, in a, tra- in a very traditional w- scenario that works, uh, you know, a, a model that works is the head coach you know, picks his coordinators. That hasn't been the case all the time in Washington. Um, but I also think we haven't had a guy like McLovin in, in, at the helm uh, I, I think he sees Jay Gruden as his guy, um, he, and it's and it's his offense. Right. Keep in mind, Sean McVay, a thirty-year-old offensive the coordinator, be gone. He is probably going to be gone. He's at least going to be interviewed. We know he's going to be interviewed because he's already on some people's shortlist. You talk about Todd Bowles' name being mentioned as a, as a connection to to us and others. I believe the Jets. Uh, it's po- I, I thought I heard that they had asked for permission to uh, interview Sean McVay or it was or the press had, had reported that they were interested in doing it. Listen, he's going to get interviews. He might be gone. It's all, it's about Jay Gruden on offense. And so so where do you go long term? If you're going to go long term Jay Gruden on offense, where do you go long term on defense? And I you know, for me, the last 2 years doesn't make me want to go long term with Joe Barry if I also had an option of, for example, Todd Bowles um, which which I know sounds you know whatever he's he, he's a he, he's a failed head coach from the from the New York Jets, um, but I I'd give him those keys. Oh yeah, I had to listen to Jeff Fisher the other day. No, not Jeff Fisher. No, he's the 
He just tied for the most losses in the history of any head coach. Yeah, no, screw that guy. Come he's on a, down. You're next. <laughs> he is. He. By the way, Jeff Fisher is. His. He is getting smeared right now in a way that I never thought possible. One week. First of all, one week after he gets an extension. Yeah. Uh, you guys know me. For, I've been. I, I've been. I, I guess I, you could, I should say I still am a big Jeff Fisher guy. I've always thought he was a great coach throughout his entire tenure. I challenge you to find a team that he was coaching, regardless of record, that was hitting harder than his guys in November and December. It was, he just, his mustache was amazing. The mullet mustache He's was got a great. Stash. I just want to punch him right I can't believe, I can't believe he is melting down oh, the way he is. Gross. He is melting down. First of all, Who's you don't get a better stash. He spit right down. in our eye two years ago. He's walked out to midfield and spit right in our eye. Which, which is point, strike one and point, two. Strike one and no, two for me. He was out. For me, um, he was out because, the because we beamed him in, him in the temple on the, with a 101-mile-an-hour heater at the next at-bat. His mustache foul tipped my foul tipped that one off. His mustache foul tipped that yeah. one off. But when he went... Foul tipped your what? <laughs> switch that around, you sicko. My, listen, when he... You feud with Eric Dickerson right when you moved to L.A., stupid, and you... It was Say, like Joe Dirt. Why bring him to hell? It's like, <laughs> the, are you kidding? What the hell's going yeah. on? Joe Jeff Dirt. Fisher will lead us into Los Angeles, California, with a mullet and a gross mustache with food in it. This is, with food in come it. Come on, man. Yeah. So, so I'm I'm a little not as high on Jeff Fisher these days. Oh wow. So uh, weird how that transpired. Yeah. So there's no chance I want him um, on our coaching staff next Sorry, season. Sorry, Kevin McClinton. That was his shout out. Hey, By the way, here, Jeff Fisher. Here, yeah. Here's a uh, here's a here's a, th- a positive thing I can say about Joe Barry, the guy who coached a winless Detroit Lions team. <laughs> he didn't sweat much for a fat chick. Yeah. yeah. And I'd rather have him than wow. Jeff Fisher. Yeah. Good for you, Joe. Rather have him than Jeff Fisher. I'd rather have him than Jeff Fisher. Great. All right, then we stop right there, and we, we come right back. <laughs> we come all the way back. <laughs> come all the way back. Okay, I'll tell you what. We, we, we've had Jim Lachey on this show already. Um, that was awesome. Awesome. We've mixed it up a little bit on, uh, nice work, Tim. on hey, the current things. That was a things. sick pool there, buddy. That was exciting all day. That was awesome. He's a good fun. man. He's, He's a good, good man. man. Good man. We expect to have him back on every week from here on out. Yeah. Um, yeah, after we, ke- after we kept him for over 30 minutes. He, uh, uh, he, he, he hung around on the yeah, he was oh, talking. He was engaged. Let's get some predictions. T. Strachan from Strachan and Strachan Capital Investments. They um, don't care what you think. They're going to invest in what they, they think is the best for them. What can you do for us today, T? You know, why do you got to start with me? Um, I think it's going to be more of the same. Um, I, I think it's going to be, a, you know, the roller coaster ride that we all... You're predicting the same. ...enjoyed. Uh this past weekend that was That's up and down. More of the some, same. Some guys are ready to just, just you know, I mean, I, I felt, I, I mean, I was almost going to call you guys, one a couple of you guys, be like, you all right, man? Um, I was not okay. I was I, not okay I can't believe I was all. the most optimistic uh, of, of the group the entire game. On there Sunday? Was, yeah, that game. Oh, I, mean, I still like, had this know, stupid, dumb belief that we were going to win. But I, I, I still think it's going to be, and I, I can't, I, I think our you're right, Kevin. It depends on who who, who does play a little bit in mm, terms of how effective right. our offense is going to be. But I don't know if this is the the week that they break out. Um, so I still think it's going to be like a somewhere around a a, a thirty one twenty four. You know, still we're going to be comfortably not comfortably ahead, but uh, you know, in control of the game with the, with that kind of sneaky 24. suspicion. Can they can they can they still pull this out? 
Is there a, is if there we a make a stupid mistake, they'll get yeah, the ball you know, back for a chance. Something like in that area, yes. Yeah, I, I think that's what it's going to be. Let's mix in some Keegan Tier, who's sitting in the sweaty basement tonight. In fact, contributing to the hustle and muscle and grussel. I think primetime at home. I think we show up this week. Um, I'm concerned, obviously, about. Come on, handle that microphone. Oh. Come on, show me how you handle it. Sorry. Um, no, I, no, think, no, I think don't don't put it all the way in. <laughs> <laughs> Easy, back off. I think uh, we handle business on primetime at home. Uh, I'm a little bit concerned about our linebacker core, and I Brashad Breeland. He went back to week one this past week, so mm. hopefully uh, Josh gets in his ear a little bit this week. This is and Josh has to be the leader uh, this week. That's my prediction. Okay, I got 33-16 good guys. Uh, Josh Norman scores his first touchdown as a Washington Redskin. Wow, that'd be some nice prime time there you stuff. Go. I, I've been waiting for that moment and waiting to watch this stadium erupt because of it. And arrows will be flying from the end zone all throughout the stadium. I didn't know we were giving one off. I was trying to think: Have we had that moment yet? What was the mo- that moment? That moment has been has manifested itself. Let's spend a second or two on on that moment. So this season, what what are the candidates for that moment so far? I think uh, Mr. Poopy Butthole, the ooh wee, the after the game when Kirk Cousins did that to me, that was awesome. Uh, you threw me off with <laughs> poopy Mr. <middle>. Poopy Butt. <laughs> oh, you guys don't watch. Uh, you guys, I, I, you lost me at that point. I'm sorry. Do you guys not watch Adult anything. Swim? Did you, guys, did you guys not watch Adult Swim? What did I do wrong? Uh, are there any other moments available? Yeah, I the mean, strip sack was a decent strip sack one. this past you're weekend. About a home, you're talking about the home. I'm talking about a season-defining moment that's, that that you know you put in. Well, uh, in for the mix. me, it was Deshaun Jackson tracking that ball down for 80, oh, and, nice. and the announcer calling him Willie Mays because that, I've been saying yeah, that. Yeah. I've been saying that for in sure. Space yeah, you have for a year. Uh, the Sue Cravens, the Sue Cravens pick seal. The game that happened so fast it took a, a while to digest. You're like, yeah, we, we, the rookie just picked up. We, we won. Yeah, we won the game. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, hmm. I mean, yeah, I, I'm a Jamison Crowder guy, so he's had a couple of those for me. The punt uh, return, yeah, the punt return against uh, Baltimore was huge, um, and and CJ Mosley, yeah, I, I'll I'll say the the Ty and Secchi play um, against the Ravens. You know, Ty and Secchi was responsible in many ways for that for the fruit CJ basket? for the fruit basket, which we do refer to as a fruit basket on this show. When he from Ty and Secchi, That's he awesome. got a fruit basket from Ty and Secchi. <laughs> right. That is a fact. That could be a life. future marketing gift right there. Um, so I nominate, I nominate the Ty and Secchi fruit Sent basket to your mom thing. for Valentine's it, Day. It could also be the end to a real bad night. <laughs> uh, damn, dude. Did you see when Ty and Secchi fruit basket? Here, Come on. Seriously. He, we'll get Ty and Secchi. We'll get a fruit basket company, and it, it'll be like the, the, the Valentine's Day gift to your mom, you know? The Valentine's Day <laughs> gift yeah. to your mom? You're going to give your mom a fruit basket. All right. Sure. Take it easy. Take it easy. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry, Mary. Mary, run. Rich, All don't right. let Take do it easy it. on after the whistle. Valentine's Day is right around the that corner. That is a long Mark's time after the whistle. Baskets of fruit. They love baskets of fruit. Let me get a prediction in here real fast while we're talking about fruit <laughs> basketing our parents. He just, he, just, he just chuckled a little. He did. There was some chuckling. <laughs> let me tell you guys something. By the time the Redskins suit up to play on Monday night against the Carolina Panthers, we will be playing for a playoff spot because the Dallas Cowboys will have beaten the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I believe. I don't know. Um, listen. Oh, for, by the way, sidebar. They slipped. Would, this we, weekend. Would, would we? Would we? Would we have liked to see the Giants lose? Of course. 
But after the game was over, do you know how long it took me to enjoy watching Dallas lose? 0.0000001 seconds. I understand what it means for us. I know we got to win. We got to handle our own business. But all this talk about and, and listen, trust me. I wanted the Giants to lose. I wanted the Giants to lose. But when the when it, when the Cowboys lost, I was still happy. I was still happy. Yeah. And uh, I'd like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to lose this weekend. Let's Tampa Bay can as far as weather. If they if they happen to beat Dallas, let them. Guess what? Guess who's not? Guess who's all of a sudden not looking that strong? The Atlanta Falcons. They are falling. They are spinning right off the planet. Um, although Tevin Coleman is healthy, and he's a he's a baller. Who, if I played, would I have beaten you in fantasy this past weekend? Negative. I may have. Negative. I don't know. Let's talk about the Marymount Saints. No, wait. Let's not talk about the Marymount Saints. Um, listen, they're playing for a playoff spot. I got them winning this game. I I, I don't know if we get, if we're getting that moment. I think we're getting. I think the moment is coming against the Giants. Um, I think the moment's coming against the Giants. I would say 31-21, and, um, and, and, and we wake up on Tuesday morning in, in the playoff picture. For Tim You're Str- in the playoff picture. No, 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 no. I mean, like, in, like with the seed. In the Back in control. Oh, okay. Back in control. Yeah, I mean, like, we're, we're like, we, you know, we're top six. We, we, you know, we're not going to, I think we're six, so we'd be six. Um, I still think the Giants game is going to matter. Uh, I th- you know, for both teams, but you still could see, uh, you know, both the NFC East teams making the playoffs. Um, it's exciting times for to be a Redskins fan. It's going to be amazing television because uh, it is prime time. It is a, a time when we've not traditionally done done that great, but we're starting to do better. And I will say uh, that um, the Carolina Panthers are just not a team you want to believe in. No, they're not a team you, you can believe in. At this point in time, they're they're are they do they have good players? Yes, but they're, capable, they're like but a no. they're, they're like a, kind of like a dysfunctional family they're right off. now. They got they got they got Little issues inside off. going on. Yeah. There's you want to you don't right, show up to a press conference dressed like a a, a a corny cowboy if you don't have issues happening within the the locker room. I think they would even like show up and be like, "Hey, listen, you guys, what, what if you guys would just let you guys win like twenty eight twenty? Would you guys sign up for that?" You know, like like the, the the lay down. I think they're in lay down mode. I don't think you say or do anything that embarrasses them and wakes them up for a game just because they all of a sudden want to just play randomly, which happens all the time. D- these guys are professionals. They were just in the Super Bowl. They know how good they are. They don't want. They're not going to waste it on this season to to a certain extent. Is is it shitty that that's the case in the National Football League? Yes, but does that make it less true? No. The Carolina Panthers aren't going anywhere. The Washington Redskins are. That's what you're going to see on Monday Night Football. I hope you get there early. I hope you get that tailgate started early. It's going to be cold. Put those booties on. Put those Redskins booties on. You always got to get weird. I'm just saying. Right before we end. Get ready. If you're going, go. Go early. Get ready. Get in that asphalt parking lot that the, 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 where, where most of us go to church on a regular basis. And and get ready. Because that is this game, I'm telling you, man, this game, I'm trying to remember a FedEx Field game in recent memory where, and again, assuming that our playoff spot is on the line, that will have the kind of electric buzz. We've had electric buzz in that stadium before, and, and it's been fake. Fake electric buzz. i give you a classic Preach. example. Classic example. 
you know, the Monday Night Massacre game with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, multiple occasions with Steve Spurrier. Multiple times, uh, you know, uh, with, with uh, maybe once or twice with Mike Shanahan. This is this is a genuine article as far as the NFL is concerned. The Washington Redskins should win this game, can win this game, and winning will be meaningful. The fan base is going to be energized. There will be Carolina Panthers fans there because of proximity, but this is going to be a, a, a predominant burgundy and gold crowd. It's, it's, a, it's, it's the kind of coming out party that you did not expect to have a chance to have when, when you were looking at the schedule before because by this point in time, you thought Carolina was well on their way, and now it's us who are well on our way. Well, they shouldn't have kicked our best player and one of our best leaders to the curb. Because they're going to have to pay the piper. Now, I think that four-point spread out of Vegas doesn't take into consideration what this practice week's going to be like with Josh Norman running around that field. Oh, gonna, yeah. He's going to lose his marbles this week. Do you guys <laughs> know better than me? Show right. up to play, man. He's this a guy, guy you play for. If you, ha- if you don't show up take, any other week. Right. Try, and take a, try and take a snap off this week. That's oh, yeah. why I asked that question to Jim earlier about Kirk Cousins and about you know the relationship between you know the linemen and somebody that, that the linemen uh, – uh, Somebody who gains linemen's respect. I mean, Josh Norman's gained respect from this whole team. Oh yeah. And you're right, Kevin. This this could be a week where he there's he a rookie just wearing his number loses there. his mind. There's a rookie wearing 24 for mm. the Panthers. You don't mm. think that he's got a big bullseye on his on yeah. his chest in the game plan going into this week? I mean, wow. I, I think with a guy like that, with that type of passion, that type of leadership, uh, we're going to be on track to have a damn good week of practice and get this ball rolling. I want to say thank you to all of our Hogshaven readers and listeners who supplied uh, thoughts and questions, which we're incorporating into our Jim Lachey segment of this uh, After the Whistle Jim. episode. Yeah. I want to thank Jim Lachey. I want to thank Keegan Tier and Matt the Real Deal Seal, always. Just thank them for being them, mostly. Mostly. Some other stuff, too, that it's not appropriate for this particular show. <laughs> I also want to thank Tim Strachan. Got it. Kevin Rica. Thank you, Jim Lachey. I'm Ken Marangolo, and this was The Audible.